I still I have this one time in my mind. I was wrestling this guy. He was ranked seventh in Canada, like Olympic level almost. Like he was Olympic level. I was a ragdoll toy to him. It was like he would. I I was so dead that my only involvement was him picking me up from the ground and wrestling me. But I couldn't even stand up. Hello, everyone. It's Jordan Boxer, your host of Leaders in Sport, a podcast brought to you by Designs for Sport, which is an industry-leading supplement company with all NSF for Sport supplements and education gear to help elevate the industry and support fit pros. Hello, everyone. It's Jordan Boxer, your host of Leaders in Sport. And I am happy today that my guest... Well, actually, so you're going to hear this in succession over four, eight weeks, but we're going to record four episodes today. So this is episode one of four that we're recording. And we have a seasoned strength coach, Joey Burgles. Joey, I know a bit about you. I know that now you're really dialing into like youth development at a high school, but you've been a strength coach for quite a long time. How many years? That would have been, I guess I technically would have started in maybe like 2011. So what is that about? Coming up probably about 12 years now. Almost 13. Yeah. So 13-year strength coach. You've worked in colleges. Yeah. So, I mean, that was where most of my career was at the collegiate level across numerous sports, different levels from like NAI to Division Two to Division One, mid-major Division One to Power Five or like the biggest, I guess, classification, if you will. So I've kind of run the gauntlet like at the college level. And then now kind of like you mentioned, I'm at, a, I'm at a high school. I do some private training as well too. So, you know, I work with right now basically anyone about like nine years old through you know 18 year olds and then i do some online stuff as well too so older individuals as well so so what because you know i i think on the outside people might look at that move like i've been curious like how do you go from power five people look at it like oh now i'm in high school but for you i think there was a big interest in catching athletes earlier having a bigger impact in their life Am I right on that one? I remember we were speaking like a year ago. Yeah. So I, I think one of the challenges, I think, with like development or like maximizing performance is that you get to certain stages where if stuff wasn't done, like in preceding years, then it really minimizes like the pyramid, in my opinion, that you can reach. So, you know, if you know, you're struggling with, you know, algebra when you're, you know, 18, 19, you're probably not going to be a high-level mathematician or something like that, you know, kind of that that analogy. So, you know, that's one of the nice things that I think a lot of times, too, in, in being at the, I guess, the collegiate level, you see stuff both good and bad. And then I guess I'm very, I like to think, like, critically on a lot of stuff of, like, okay, well, why did this happen? And, like, could it have been fixed or could it have been addressed? So, like, a good example, you know, I've had individuals, and I tell parents this, of younger kids, and it's beneficial for me and for them right now, is I've got I've had guys playing in the NFL that are just phenomenal athletes, you know, phenomenal at their sport, but you get them on, like, a table, and you do a joint assessment, and it's you have zero degrees of hip internal rotation. Like, your hip is literally like an 85-year-old. Like, this is horrible, and you're, like, 20 years old. This didn't just happen six months ago. Like, what caused that delineation? Because now not every, you know, kid or young child has, like, a perfect squat. You know what I mean? But we see most kids can bend yeah. well, move yeah, well. Yeah. So what's causing from that to what I see on the table? And that's not, like, an anomaly of, like, I see this frequently. So what's causing that? And, you know, I, I think there could be numerous factors that go into it. Not to Not to go down a rabbit hole, but I think one is, like, you start training and then you do kind of, like, bad training and – I've talked I've talked a lot about this body weight. You can do a bunch of body bad body weight squats. I don't think that's going to have an effect on like the connective tissue, the joints. You know what I mean to that extent. As soon as you start adding load, mm-hmm. and you're adding force 
to a joint in a compromised or bad position. Now you're creating more architectural changes in that joint. And you're because, almost like feeding a bad Yeah, you're athlete. feeding you're feeding it. Yeah. So like that's the problem. Now kids are kids are trained at 14, 15, 16, and you look, it's like that squat's bad. This is bad. So it's not just that the movement's bad, but you're also doing it with loads that you shouldn't be doing. Now we're getting architectural changes at the joint level that is causing, okay, now you do that at 16, you do that at 17, you do that at 18, now I'll get you on the table and it's like, yeah, this hip is horrible. And there could be injuries and other stuff like that. So that's my thought process. And that's not, you know, there could be 30 different reasons for that. But I think that's a common one because I see a lot of people just bad lifting or I, I, I see I can I could go down a rabbit hole, honestly, of some of the like, oh, I'm 11 years old and I can squat 225, like whatever. I'm like, first of all, no, you can't. Second of all, why do you even have 225 on the bar as an 11 year old? You know what I mean? Like, honestly, how is Mike that? Mike Tyson probably could. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of like, how is this even happening? And and I think that's one of the differences now is that I started, I started training. It was about 15 years old is when I kind of started taking it serious. Now it was, you know, not helped me become honestly what I am now, but it wasn't, it was 15. Now you got people starting at 10, 11 and you're, so you're starting that process even earlier and we didn't have phone, social media or whatever. So you're yeah. like, oh, I have no idea. Now you get on, on your, and you think your 11 year old should be squatting a buck 85 you know what I mean? For, so many of them are fake weights online. Yeah. Like, and, and, that, and that's where it's like, that's the the challenge. And that's why I think honestly developing a level of credibility, because like I'll tell people, I've literally worked with people playing in the NFL, people playing in Major League Baseball. Like I've done, I, I've, I've worked this process. Like I've talked a lot about it, but I've worked, Jordan Love, the Packers starting quarterback. I had him when he got to college. And then I was with him for about three or three and a half years. And I literally watched because the quarterbacks was my group. Jordan Love did not come in the weight. Jordan Love came in the weight room. I was with him, taking him through from when he was a six-string six freshman, retro freshman quarterback to when he was a starter and starting to get like big name recognition and other stuff. So I literally watched that process. I watched the process of someone, he could not do a bodyweight dip. And the reason I can tell you that is because I had dips planned for the quarterbacks and I believe it was 2017 or 16 winter. All the quarterbacks could do them. He could not do a dip. So I had to come over and he would do the eccentric. I would lift his legs on the concentric because he couldn't literally couldn't get it up. And there was times where I'm like, dude, are you lifting? Like, I'm I'm getting a workout in right now trying to lift you up. Fast forward like a year, I look over one day and it's like not crazy, but like he's put on probably about 25 pounds and he's doing a set of eight with like a 20 pound vest on. And it's like, he's just rattling off. I'm like, I literally watched a year ago he couldn't that even to that. So like when people try and speed through the process, I'm like, I, I've literally watched this with my own eyes and I can go down from the squats to like all the other That's, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and so like when I talk to parents, I'm like, there's a lot of people that'll give you opinions on stuff. I'm going to be wrong. I'll be honest. I'm going to be wrong and I'm going to look back and it's going to frustrate me. But if you're never wrong, you're never going to push yourself forward or the industry forward or anything like that. And so, this is where Charles, like his, I don't remember the rules a hundred percent, but it was like split squat, X amount of reps with X amount of weight in your hands, perfect. Then you go to front squat, then you throw the bar on your back and there's a progression because if you were loading all the, like these guys are freak athletes and they're super strong. So they can like muscle through a lot of bad technique, but then eventually it's going to, you know, you're going to be more prone to an injury than if you never trained because you're going to be overtraining this bad pathway all the time. But it's, I, I wonder what the wives tales are now because when when i was your how old are you 34 okay we're around the same age i'm 36 it was don't lift it will stunt your growth and then it was you know don't squat below your you know parallel you'll blow your knees out and you shouldn't put like all these like i think my training inspiration was watching rocky four yeah like that was it there was no there was no you know pumping iron maybe but 
There was no like YouTube or anything. And can I touch on yeah. that? And and that's what's because I get that I can tell I can't count the number of comments DMs I'll get about people knees over you know what I mean just kind of just any of the stuff and, I, and the, the thing I tell people still today still still yeah and the, and the thing start, lifting I'll start your growth whatever and I tell people is do we practice medicine the same way we did in the 1980s like if you go and you're getting some type of treatment on a disease or whatever do you want them doing what they did 30 or 40 years no, ago you, you know what you have to do is show them Alan Bishop because I <laughs> asked him the same question he's like no I started lifting when like on our podcast together. He started lifting when he was really young. What is he, 6'5"? Yeah. Like, what do you, he didn't stunt Yeah, anything, yeah it's so. a, a good example. But that's what I tell people. I'm like, hey, times change. Like, if you just keep repeating the same stuff, you don't stop and critically think, well, why is that happening? Or you don't challenge in the idea that that, that concept just gets... I remember when I started. I remember reading books. It was I started about 2004 in my sophomore year. And I remember literally reading the books. Do not lunge without, with your knee going over your toe. It's bad for your knees. Okay? Like I, 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 So I remember that. I live that. And I've changed because I disagree with that. And if not to go down that tangent, uh, but like, okay, if you don't want your knee going over your toe, if I asked you to not lift your hand above your shoulder, you'd be like, oh, that's stupid. Why can't I lift my hand above my shoulder? I'm like, well, you're asking your, you're telling your ankle to do the same thing because your ankle cannot fully dorsiflex if your knee's not going over your toe. So who came up with that? You know, like the cholesterol. Thing, the guy you that know was, how much that's been coming up now the cholesterol really? yeah but like you know what i mean if you like read that i can't remember the guy's name but like the research was so bad and shoddy and there was like financial interest in it but then it just spread and it affected everything of like when you ask you, you low fat high yeah like, like low fat i think it was like yeah. the 60s or 50s or some doc and i can't remember the backstory on it so i don't want to like comment too much on it but you know what i mean it was like one's like okay what's that person's financial interest what's their research what's their you know what i mean like that stuff Similar concept. So sorry not to go not to go down that rabbit hole, but like no, that's but honestly that, but that's, this podcast, I love rabbit holes. Yeah, but like that's what like so like I'll tell parents and I'll stuff like I've I've done this and I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to work and get better because what I'm doing now is different than it was a year ago. It's different than it was two years ago. It's different than it was ten years ago. It was different when I was their age and and training or whatever it is. So I'm I if you're not trying to get better you're never going to bat a thousand. You know what I mean? You're you're going to make mistakes. And there's times now, I even look at what I was doing a year ago with like kids or whatever. I'm like, you know what? I, I probably should have been focused. I needed to focus on this. Or I didn't even know about these extra, this this concept. I wasn't even applying it because I didn't know about it. And that's why you asked me earlier about, you know, some of the podcasts. One of the ones I really, really enjoyed uh, was Ronnie's. And there was a clip, there's a, there's a key point in there that I took that I remembered. And I think it applies a lot because people, now people, whether it's business, training, People want the easy, quick, short, hey, I want to make this, but I don't want it. If it's easy, if I want if it's easy and convenient. If it's not, I don't really want to invest much in it. So like Ronnie talked about in the, the part, I think he, he said like his rate right now is like, you know, 350 an hour or something like that. But he also said he spends about two grand a month on continuing education, if I remember correctly. People here oh, I want to do that and make that kind of money and do that. They don't want to invest. But they skip the part of, I've spent six figures on my continuing education to be able to charge this rate. And it's not just getting X's on search or whatever. It's being able to produce results with that knowledge. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's hey, people uh, yeah. skip, hey, I want to put, I want to get bigger. I want to get stronger. I want to become a better athlete. But I only want to do it when it's easy and I don't want to really get out of my comfort zone. That's what a lot of people want across the spectrum. And that's... You will never maximize or get anywhere level type of results if you're not willing. I, I tell my kids this, the kids that I train, there's three things. If you don't invest time, energy, and money, like one of those has to be present if you really want to achieve results. Because if it's not, when it gets hard, you're going to quit. Like you're going to pat like, hey, if it's free, you're probably not going to be, is whatever. If you're not having to invest time, like, hey, 
if you're up at 4 a.m. and you go train, do you think that training session is going to be pretty... Are you going to put more into that training session? You know why? Because you probably could have slept in. So if I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to get this training session in, I'm going to be so much more locked into it than if I would have done it at maybe two o'clock's more convenient. Yeah, I don't know what broken people, because I, I, like, I don't know. I go down rabbit holes. I love the 80s and 90s. Like Tyson's one of my favorite. Muhammad Ali even a little bit more back. But like those bodybuilders, like the Tom Platts era and like that idea of like they worked their bag off. And that's just how you like the the idea that you're going to be able to put on 20 pounds of muscle in two months is like, well, you can if you're taking some yeah. stuff. But like they don't want to get it's the my favorite line in my life recently has been like, it's the journey, not the destination. And we're missing that so often now in everything. It's so fast paced, high paced, like even with our supplements, our supplements in my mind work really, really well. I take them every single day. I'm taking handfuls of supplements. Sometimes it takes three months before you notice a difference. It's not like, oh, I took the pill once. And it's like, you've been living your life like this for years. You can't reverse it with one pill. And even when you start training, it's like, if you had all these bad patterns, it's like, that's why I love Charles when it was like, you start with structural balance. Even he would talk about any of his players, you'd force them to do split squats for the first X amount of weeks. And it's like, no one's too advanced for the basics. And yeah, it's trusting that process. But yeah, I think those old wives tales or whatever back in the day really like, you know. And, and to what you're just talking about. So like, you know, I went through like kind of like a six month period of where like personally for me where I was like, you know, I was like, I came through the winter and I was like trying to put on weight and I, I got my body. I got I, I got some of the results I wanted, but I also looked, I'm like, man, I feel like I've gotten kind of a lot bigger. Like the way I was standing in, in certain like pictures and stuff like that. I was like, you know what? I, I want to come into like the summer, spring. I want to like, I want to lose. And I want to cut down a little bit. So it wasn't like a specific this date or whatever, but over six months it was, okay, I'm going to cut out this. I'm going to add a day of cardio. I'm going to start. And then, so I just recently had my biosig done in my in-body from Ronnie, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago. But when you talk about the journey, like I'm not stepping on a stage to compete. I'm not doing, I'm not anywhere close to any of those levels, but I'll be honest. I started, I've been training for about 19 years now. All right. And I was, I, I told some of my high school kids this summer, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the strongest or whatever, but you know what? I'm sorry. I'm seeing veins right now. I've never seen in my life. I've been doing this for 19 years. I've never seen some of these bicep veins. I've never seen like whatever. And you know what it is? It's not necessarily like that specific thing, but it's the work. Like I've been working hard for 19 years and you achieve something that you haven't done before. You see something you haven't done. That's the journey. And the journey is I had to, I had to wake up at 4, 4.20 AM to go to the gym and then go to a training session. I didn't want to do that 35 minutes of cardio fasted. I didn't want to go for my two hour bike ride on Sunday. I didn't want to do, there's a lot of other stuff I would have rather done, mm -hmm. but it's that, it's that sacrifice, that, that pain, that whatever you want to call it, that's the journey. And that's what makes, in my opinion, life so rewarding and so fulfilling is not necessarily the, de the, the end result, but it's that destination. Like you talk about the journey, well, the journey. Yeah. You can't like people have this dream. Jordan Peterson did a really good uh, podcast once and he was like what do you want you know you want to retire what do you want to do I want to go on the beach and drink margaritas He's like okay let's like flush this idea out. you want to sit on the beach you wake up tell me what you do you wake up you have breakfast you go sit on the beach you have your four margaritas like five margaritas like let's go into it and the idea was that this idea of retirement or the end result you're not especially if you're dopamine dominant it's not going to be fulfilling in the long run like the daily challenge the grind you know, I get exhausted and burnt out at times, but like the most fun I have in my life is like, yeah, doing the hard shit and then randomly something great comes from it and just being okay. Let 
it's going to be difficult or like it's going to be stressful. And I think our society has really come away from that where it's like, if we look to our parents' generation, it was like work hard, play hard. Now everyone just wants to play hard. And that balance is so important. Like you need the yin and the yang and it's vanished. That's one of the ch- that's one of the challenges. I'll be honest. Because you're with all these kids now, right? I'll be, I'll be honest. That is a big challenge now. And and I'll and I'll say this, the the hard work component, and not trying to be you know the old person like we're not we're old, age, dude. you know we're not we're old. But you know what? Like there's a lot. I look back and I'm like, man, there's I worked a lot of jobs I didn't want to work when I was in junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of stuff that was like, man, this is un- this doesn't feel good. This is uncomfortable. You know, like whatever. But you know what? When I was just talking about like some of that stuff, you know, two minutes ago. When I was on my bike, when it was 105 out and my my phone died because it's too hot and it overheated, I have to go an hour without listening to any music. I was thinking about a lot of stuff from high school. You know, I was thinking about how hard I was pushing on certain stuff. I think about some of the sacrifices I made close to 20 years ago. A lot, I'll be honest, a lot of younger people aren't going to have those things to fall back onto. And part of it isn't necessarily their fault. And I'm not, again, as I'm going to talk about this, I'm not making excuses. I didn't have, we didn't have cell phones and I'll be honest that I'm on my cell phone way too much. And that, that legitimately is, uh, sometimes it's tough to get off that thing. You know what I mean? Well, look, even even here, have you noticed like these podcasts, there's two things that bring me more in the present moment than anything, podcasting and coaching. When I do those two things, I can't allow myself to be distracted. We've been speaking now for 18 minutes. Oh, wow. Dialed in. See how fast it is though? Cause you're in the moment. And that, yeah, and that's why. And so, anyways, like I'm starting to do stuff. I'll be honest, where I've gotten a little bit more away from the technical of like everything being perfect, and like more kind of like three, four. I think I just posted, uh, you know, recently, an exercise circuit of like here's five exercises. There's, no, I'll be honest, cyclist squats. Yeah, I'm not really gonna. There's certain stuff I want to see, but like you need to, you should be feeling a quad burn right now. And now you go do your backward walking lunge or whatever. You know why? Because it's uncomfortable. Like that's that's the hard work component is what you can't biohack the hard work. Like that's that's what a lot of people want. And this is where I'm going with this. I don't, and you can you can agree or disagree, you know, with this, I don't see a lot of 45, 50, 55 year olds that haven't really worked hard in fitness or anything in their whole life. And then just wake up one day and it's like, the doctor says you need to lose 50 pounds, you need to do all this, whatever. And they're just like, oh, I'm just gonna change all my habits and they work don't. hard they for the don't. first time in my life. You know what, you might, even if you worked hard, and then you go your 20s and your 30s and you were like, say, let's just say lazy. You at least have that, that concept muscle, of like, 100. I remember yeah. how hard I had to work so yeah, I can, yeah. I can apply it. You would have to have that. And if, and, and that's the, that's the, that's the reality of what I see now more so than anything. And, you no, know, I, and, and it's, and it's, it's, it's challenging. It's frustrating. No, I, I pull like my only sport I ever really, really committed to was Muay Thai, boxing, jujitsu. And I, like, you would look at our training and be like, you're an idiot. Like, it was like 100 bodyweight squats, 100 push-ups, back to 100. You do like 1,000 bodyweight squats in a workout or something stupid because it's some ancient tradition. But what that taught me was like how, like that, I still have this one time in my mind, I was wrestling this guy. He was ranked seventh in Canada, like Olympic level almost. Like, he was Olympic level. I was a ragdoll toy to him. It was like, he would, I, I was so dead that my only involvement was him picking me up from the ground and wrestling me, but I couldn't even stand up. But it's like you you give yourself that thing now. Now it's in my body, and you have the ability to push hard. Like I've been watching Mike Metzer's training. I've been trying to like try it out a bit where it's like one working set. Mm-hmm. But most people can't do it because they don't know what failure actually is. So they, they're saying, oh, I'm pushing hard. Like Dorian Yates, Mike Metzer, that was their thing. Like go to failure. But 
they actually don't know what failure is because they've stopped before they failed. Like you, they, 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 they don't like, it's like pushing to extreme, like you're, they don't do it. And you know, J.M. Blakely? No. Okay. So he was a world record power lifter, like across, like he, he, he like go up to heavyweight and he had these like crazy, if you just Google search. Like Ed Cohen strong? Like super heavyweight, just, he was a bench press specialist, but like super heavy. And I could be off on this, you know, like 270 or one of those, but then he would like cut down to 190. So he's got records like across like four or five, but he had crazy, like it, it was something like when you're trying to gain weight of like always have like Hershey bars in your okay. pocket because yeah, they'll yeah. melt and it'll be easier to get more calories down. Anyway, he's got a video on YouTube. It's at Elite FTS of like he's taking- in Toronto? No, Elite FTS. Oh, Elite FTS. In, in oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's taking someone through like a chest press, a one set to failure. And he's like talking through it. And he's very like, what would be the, the, the very calm. Like this is someone that's like one of the strongest human beings probably bench press ever. But he's very calm and like, like, but he's taking someone through like a chest press set. And it was like, I'll be honest. It was one where it's like, okay, you're doing the reps. When you get to here, you still have a little left. And now you're going to press halfway and you're going to do as many reps as you can halfway, but you're not going to quit because you have more than now. And that's, that's how he talked, but he was coaching this individual through it. And he, and it was very like the person would do a rep and he made like this person, like, this is not an easy set. He'd get halfway and he'd, he'd stop. He's like, no, no, no. You just quit on me. Why did you just quit on me? I don't know why you do that. Now give me five more reps. And it was like one of those, you're watching this. It's like when you're being talked to by a world champion power lifter and he's just said you just quit on me you could have gave me more i'm getting fired up like thinking no, about, you know what i mean yeah, like ed cohen coached me on deadlift that's, and was the, like fail, that. that's yeah. the that's and the person got done and he was shit like shit like that's failure and to your point that's why i think it's hard to program for certain stuff because to get to if you do one set of that the way that that did your your pecs are destroyed for five days well that's why mike metzer yeah that's why there's I, I, I like I understand there's all these different philosophies and things that work, but I've been going down that Mike Metzer rabbit hole because I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm not training hard enough. I can do two leg days in a week. Like we've yeah. all done leg days where you're you're waddling for a week. Yeah. Maybe even two weeks if it's like really like I went one time with Preston, I was like sore for two weeks. Oh dang. Yeah, I couldn't do shit. But it's yeah, this is why I think you getting in with these youth athletes is we're losing that we're losing that muscle. And you're right. You don't just wake up at 50. If you've never experienced it, then you're not going to be able to do that 105 heat, you know, bike ride at 50 years old. It's way harder to incorporate that willpower. There was a there was another wives table tale when I was wrestling and I was doing jujitsu. Like you're too old to really start doing it now. I was like 18, 19, because there was like, oh, if you wrestle between like seven and 13, you build these muscles in your back that you can't replicate. I don't know if it's bullshit or not, but maybe maybe it is true. But I think that idea of like, you have to start them younger, like you, you need, cause they'll be able to take that. Well, think about like, as you talk about wrestlers, like if you've ever been like a wrestler's ever grabbed you, like that, that, that strength, <laughs> that hand strength, like that is something that you can just, it's, it's, it's hard to describe if you never felt it, but like, that's someone that has been doing this for decades. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, I completely agree with that. Cause you are certain stuff of like certain stuff you can't replicate in a gym like that stuff that you just have to go years and years and you can't just develop later on you know what i mean kind of like gym gymnastics is a good example like you can't get into that at like nine or ten expect to be a world champion you know it's kind of like three yeah you're like you got like there is no you can't you can't cut those corners now gymnastics is obviously a very unique sport and there's other sports you're kind of similar i think like that but to that point of like if you miss out on certain of these stages like that's why i think like especially from a youth training you know i've changed a lot on this too of like especially with the, the emphasis on the speed the plyometrics the some of that stuff 
in the appropriate dosages and at the appropriate like kind of intensity and levels of i'll be honest that's more important to me so much more important to me at like 9 to 12 than like any type of lifting thing because you yeah. know what it's a lot harder to get someone fast at 18 19 and 20 than it is get, getting stronger to a certain, I'm not talking world champion, like power lifter. As you, an athlete, you can get, it is so yeah. much easier. Like I just said, the Jordan Love example, like I, I've watched like strength, like it's a lot easier to get someone stronger over a two year period when they're all, you have to have consistency, you have to have a good plan, you have to work hard, Recover, but that's a lot easier. Yeah. Getting someone faster that's slow, like really slow and getting them not just like, oh, okay, you you went from like a five, five, 40 to a five, three, like getting someone to where it's like, okay, that person's slow and now they're actually fast on the field. That is so much harder. You know what I mean? And so, like, I think especially at the younger ages with the way the central nervous system develops and, like, kind of some of the research that the Soviets and stuff did, that stuff, that kind of golden Does it really sound way more intense when you're, like, the Soviet research? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, anyways, like, that 9 to 12, I think, is, like, that's where, like, the speed, the plyometrics, like, that stuff where the, the central nervous system's having to move as I snap my fingers. I don't know if you can hear that. But you're trying to move as quickly as you can. So I've kind of changed up on some of my stuff to impl- to find ways to implement more of that, like, high CNS dominant fast action movements at a younger age yeah we had another a coach on mason two days ago he's over at apec i don't know if you know apec and Fort yep. Worth. oh absolutely and they talk about like with especially with their youth athletes like they'll play spike ball to warm up or they'll do like bear crawls or like random movements because it's like at that age the more that you play it will translate into whatever your sport is like you can't just do squats deadlifts like you have to work on that that thing you're talking about at a young age absolutely i wish i could go back in time oh yeah exactly well that's part of believe me the part of the reason why i think i enjoy what i do is because i've thought so many times if i could go back when i was this age and i could do stuff differently how would that have made me better you know what i mean and so like now i can relay or i can replay everything "Ah, i shouldn't you know what when i was in high school i was i was hey squat to parallel but go as heavy as you can so like Feet are out as wide as you can because that allowed me to lose use more weight. Knees were not going forward. It was, you know, all that. And now I look and my ankles are horrible. And it's like, well, I went so much of my life training with no dorsiflexion that now I know all this. I, I'll be honest. I know a lot of stuff for how to improve joints and other stuff. And my ankles are still not very good. And so, like, I don't, if I knew how to fix myself, I would. You know what I mean? So, like, that's the point. I like, just think you don't have the time. Like, Gary Roberts was telling us when he when Charles worked with him. Or I was with Gary one day and he was saying it was like two a days with treatment for like nine months. They did nothing else. It was like the six million dollar man, like rebuild your body. But you got to give yourself the yeah time and space. It can't be like four hours a week. And that's where it's hard to make those changes. Yeah. And that's I think like to that point, when you look at just time efficiency from a training development standpoint, if you just do little stuff for five, 10 minutes a week when you're nine, 10, the amount of effect you have on the system is so like if you did that same stimulus with a 30 year old it wouldn't do anything you know what i mean so like now if i don't have to spend 30 minutes doing a stupid foam roll warm-up or like you know some of this other stuff because your joints already move good and everything moves good now i have another 30 let's just say 30 minutes of like okay we can do more high end you know what i mean like you're you're able to be more efficient maybe more skill development but like you're able to the time allotment at a younger age on certain stuff multiplies like compound interest so much more so than like if you start trying to just make up for it later on so now that you're having so much experience with these youth athletes for coaches who are training and let's say they do get you know a 13 year old kid in the off season like what are you primarily focusing on when you're thinking about programming them for the off season so i would say first of all a 13 year old and this is this is or 11 like no yeah yeah 
the first thing I, I need to see them in person, like I, and that's one of the challenges. It's easy to write a program or something like that. I have 13 year olds that are like, okay, this is like a 17 year old. I also have 13 year olds that like, this is like a 10 year old. You know what I mean? So like, I need to see the coordination. Like I need to see the, how well do you move? How well can you do certain stuff? Because to be honest, like that's, that's a big, if you struggle to balance on one leg and you're 14, which there's not saying right or wrong, but it, I've got seven year olds that can do that. You know what I mean? It makes okay. Well, how do I? How do you program for that when you have two different levels of like is it coordination? Puberty that messes that up. Is there? Um, a I think so. I, th- I think you know. I'll be honest. I think the playing like definitely. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're just sitting around on your phone or playing video games, you're not like outside. You know, climbing trees or like doing stuff or things along those lines. I think that has it. You know, coordination is a very difficult thing to like. Kind of. I'll be honest. If I could pick one quality to have for most people to train, if I could just get someone that's really coordinated, then training becomes relatively easy. It's the ones where it's like, raise your right arm. And they raise their left leg out to the side. And it's like, no, your right arm. You know, know that's an exaggeration. And, and, but like, that's, and that's, that's, that's the struggle a lot of times. So it takes time to like, okay, we got to develop this and you got to go with that. Generally, like I said, we're going to do our body weight movements. I'm going to see eccentric controls. So anywhere from three to five second lowers. We're going to do pauses because I want to learn to do the movements correctly. Um, we're going to do our, 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 our plyometrics that's appropriate for that individual, our speed development work, and you know, kind of stuff along those lines. And I, I, and I've got a plan in place, but it's not like set in stone. It's kind of like, okay, well, where are we going? So like, and I, and I tell the parents this, you know, sometimes it might take three weeks on this. Sometimes it might take eight weeks. Like the nice thing is when you're 11 or 12, four extra weeks here in the grand scheme of seven years really isn't very long. The problem is when you get to 16 or 17, you're trying to like, kind of like combine training. You got eight weeks. I don't have six weeks to teach you how to squat. Like we're going to figure it. We're going to, we're going to. So is it more important at a young age just to learn the movements? Than I, it is necessarily weight loading or yeah, but you're I mean, saying body I, I weight squats. Absolutely, and I and I think a lot of it comes back to the coordination because if you're doing something with a slow like a slow lower pauses, we're not going to be doing that all the time. But it, it, it really attunes your it body. Them. It ingrains yeah. the movement, ingrains the position. So now, after you, if I can get someone to squat good, now I can start loading with a dumbbell and then with like a front squat or something along those lines. The problem is people go through those too fast, and now you get someone under the bar, and it's like I'm not seeing. If I have five reps. I want to see relatively consistent five reps. You'll see, you might see like first rep is great. Second and third one, that was horrible. Fourth one, okay. Fifth one, eh, maybe okay. So I did a five rep set, but it's really hard to keep programming and developing when you're just so inconsistent. And that consistency leads to what we were talking about earlier, this idea that you need to get results really quick versus having, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but. No, yeah, no, it's it's very true. And that's where like, I think just being honest and like upfront, like, hey, you know what? If I could, we, I do a lot of time sprints and other stuff. And I tell like, if I could get you a PR every time you run a time sprint, I would. The reality is, is that's not possible. Like you can't, you're not going to PR every time. And I've got like the data of like over a two year period, there's a lot of ebbs and flows of like, man, we hit PRs for three straight sessions. And then you go like three months where you're like, it looks like your speed's decreasing. And then you'll hit something where you go up. Like I've had kids where it's like, we do this super in-depth, like kind of, you know, cycles, you know, from a training standpoint and nothing happened like at the post-test or it was very minimal. And then I'll see like three or four weeks later, it's like, dude, we just hit like a three and a half inch PR. Like you just jumped 37. Like in the training, I'll be honest, the training you just did for the last three weeks, it really wasn't very good. It wasn't very like in depth, but it's like, okay, well that number probably came, it was a delayed, delayed effect. You know what I mean? So that's why a lot of times when I look at like research and other stuff, I'm very speculative because I see with my own eyes, a lot of this stuff of like, I use force plates. So like, I've got force plate numbers on a lot of people and I can tell you a lot. I've got the graphs. I can tell you in season, I can tell you a lot of different stuff. And it's really refined me as a coach too, to like, see like, okay, these numbers are going up, but these numbers right here are not moving on the force plate. 
So, okay, you know, you know what I mean? Like, for, for, for better or for worse. Like a squat it, could go up. At the yeah, a squat. Yeah, yeah. Or, or a, hey, you know what? I've had kids that, like, the squat really didn't go up, but some of the other stuff that we're doing, they just did a peak force PR, and I've got 37 metrics. I got 37 data points over a six-month period. Something's working right now because they have not hit that number ever before, and they just did. How important is it for to get buy-in from the parents? Because parents drive a lot of the behavior of youth athletes, right? Like the... Like the youth athlete needs to come in, but if the parents not coming and bringing them to train with you and like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that's like obviously a huge one. I will say kind of like where I was talking about like the negatives of kind of like social media and some of the other stuff or phones. I think it is because kids are seeing this stuff more than ever. You know what I mean? So there's a lot. I think maybe like sometimes the parents might not even know, but the kids. I just had a kid. Uh, was this a couple of days ago? Thirteen year old baseball player and his mom had reached out. Like he really wants to get into strength. He really wants to start training. You know, he's really good, really good player too. Um, but anyway, so like he was wanting to take the initiative and like was talking to mom. He's like, he's kept asking me, but I said, wait, wait, we want to get someone that was good. That was like, whatever. And uh, it was actually, I mean, it's a good, I guess, life lesson. Somebody else referred another practitioner, Cairo referred them. He's like, you need to work with Joey. The mom reached out to me and then we're starting to work together. But you know I mean? It was a good example of like, well, yeah. So what I was asking is having those data points, because I think there's, especially when parents are investing so much money and time into their kid, like if their squat's not going up, they're like, this is a waste, but then their force could go up yeah. or vice versa. Like how, how much would you say it's important as the coach to invest in some sort of tracking absolutely. software past just body comp, past just like tracking their numbers on a bar? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I think like that's where I look, if you're not tracking something, you're not really there's a lot of stuff I used to think like, okay, if we do this, like this is going to go up. And then you start looking at the numbers like this isn't doing anything. So I've gone like 10 years of my career where I thought, hey, let's just say your squat goes up, your flying 10 or your top end velocity is going to go up. And I've had a lot of people where it's like that hasn't moved at all. But, you know, some other KPIs show up of like, oh, we need to be focusing on this. You know what I mean? So I went 10 years of my career where I thought this metric would tie to that. But when I actually started putting the numbers down, it didn't. Mm. So from a results standpoint, I think it's really important. I think it's also really important to educate, like I said, as well, too. And so, like, I'll have kids. It's a good time of, okay, hey, I'll be honest. Those kids will, like, maybe not run good. And it's like, what I do wrong? It's like, you might have, how many hours did you sleep last night? Like, uh, maybe four. I'm like, well, I'm going to be honest. Your central nervous system is extremely tied to sleep, health, environmental factors, breakfast, hydration. screws them up. Yeah. So, like, but anyway, I'm like, you could do everything right, but if you come in if I had you do a vertical jump, you might jump 30 today, 31 tomorrow, 27 the next day, 29 and a half the next day. It's never going to be the same. And your nervous system is extremely tied to your sleep, your your health, and things like that. Nutrients. So, yeah. so you know what? Like, And, and that's why I try and edge. Like, do, we can make progress, but if you really want to drive your performance forward, it's a lot of the other lifestyle of like, hey, I know it's hard, but you get eight hours of sleep last night. You know what I mean? That, and that's the reality. I can't. If that's no, I, was coaching, I was coaching in like a high-level hockey guy. Just mindset, not physically, but it was like, take me through your day. Oh, I go to bed early. It's like, okay, you're in bed. How long are you on your phone? It's like these little things yeah. that they're more, I think youth athletes are even more susceptible to it. Cause I think about when we were kids, I, MSN just came out then or whatever. Oh, yeah. It was like, there we go. I would up to like two or I'd play video games till three or four in the morning or, and yeah. somehow still go to school for 8am. Like I didn't care. Yeah. And I, and I think that's part of, part of two, I think. What's important is to, I think it's, I think it's really important, kind of like we were talking about a little bit earlier, to challenge in a, in a positive, beneficial way. And so what I mean by that is if you want someone to be a high achiever, you want them to drive forward, if you're always just kind of telling them what they want to hear or stuff that's not going to challenge them, you're never really going to drive growth. And so it's a lot different saying that to like a 13, 14-year-old than like a 25-year-old professional athlete. At the same point, though, I personally see 
too much of like, hey, you're trying hard, you're working hard, good job. And it's like, but you didn't do this right. Mm-hmm. You didn't work hard here. You did. You didn't eat breakfast. Like, and it's not saying like in a mean demeaning way, but it's it's trying to set that standard. If it was easy, everyone would do it. You know, general quote. So like uh, an example of this, two brothers, they, they drive, they drive 30, 35 minutes on Sunday evenings to train with me. They can go to anyone. They come to me. Their dad wants them with me. They got done with one of their workouts and I asked them, I was like, or we we're going through, it's like, what was your, what did you finish with your, on your front squat last week? And it was like, I don't remember. And I was like, it was 105. And then we got done with a session. So we got, I think they hit a PR that week. I think it was like 110 and we got like for three, three reps, I think it was. We got done with the session. We we're just talking. Those are pounds. I wish it was kilos. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was like, that's now, yeah. No, I wish it was kilos. I should have just said that. And then you would have been like, man, we got to go train with Joey. But anyway, we got done with the session. I was talking to him and I was like, all right, here's, here's the deal. All right. I remember, you know how many people I've coached in the last week? And you, you know remember, how many hours yeah. of coaching I've been on the floor? How many weights and reps I sent? I remembered the weight that you finished with last week off the top of my head and you didn't remember it. And I'm not like yelling or screaming. I'm like, if it matters to you, you're going to remember that. You know why? Because if it matters to you and you miss that rep, then you're going to be thinking about, I need to come back next week and I need to I need to make that rep or I need to get that that PR. It matters more to me. You know why? Because I remembered it. I remember what this exercise, I remember this. And the next week we came back, I was asking them, they remembered every weight on every exercise. But that, but that's the, that's the hey, I'm not going to lie. That's a challenge. You, if you don't remember this and I do, if you don't remember what your best vertical jump is, how much does that really matter to you? And that's the problem. I think a lot of us that are probably listening to this that have as coaches is you care more than yeah, the athlete. And like, yeah. and it's got to be a symbiotic. If you really want to, and I, I firmly believe this, if you want to maximize results, it has to be a symbiotic relationship where, and it, it goes both ways. I, we, I've been, I've, I've had enough and other people can probably have where it's like, I'm working hard. I'm doing everything, but my coaching, like we're doing the same stuff we did 30 years ago. This You're is, not helping me. Like yeah. I need you to help me. But now here's the thing. There's a lot of people that will won't do. They weren't on you. They weren't on YouTube. I need to figure this out. I'm not on YouTube for four hours trying to figure this out. I'm not. They just want. They won't do the the legwork on their own. So they haven't really earned that right to be like I'm going to challenge the coach on this. You know what I mean? If you really want to maximize, and I'm getting passionate about it because it's probably why I'm here right now. If you want to maximize results, I'm going to work as hard as I can as a coach and not just like coaching, but like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to change this up. We need to, I got to go read more. I got to go learn more. I got to pay more for information. I'm going to figure it out. But you know what, what you need to do, you need to show up, be consistent. You need to work really hard. You need to do the stuff that you, but that you know it, where I think it's missing. I think what you're saying is right. But like, I, I noticed this in my life. So like I, I do more like a success coaching. I don't even know okay. what to call it. Like mindset will work through some barriers. I am a worse coach when I'm not getting coached. And I think when it comes to strength coaching or whatever, a lot of people are like, oh, I know enough. I don't need a coach. But it's not even that that coach is going to have more knowledge for you. What you're what you're going to get, and you can, it's the same what we're saying, unless you do the reps, you don't have it. You need to experience what it's like to be coached and understand what it means to give yourself to somebody else for you to expect someone else to give themselves to you through the process. And I think like the cobbler with no shoes, the mechanic with a shitty car. It's something that's missed. We hit a certain point and we're like, no, I know enough. I can see now I'm in like a men's group. Andrew Baker created this uh, men's group. The training's not like revolutionary, but like I'm in it. It's a group. I'm motivated. I'm tracking my numbers in the group and I'm getting better. I'm getting better results than I was when I was writing my own stuff. Is the program even that much better? No, but I've relearned what it's like to go through it again. So how can we coach people 
if we don't understand what it's like to be the ideal client to them. Because I think how you do one thing is everything. That's a good point. And that's where I think a lot of coaches are like missing it again. It's like what you're saying is dead right. But if they haven't had to be the athlete again, they're not even be able to ex- experience what it's like and not proving to themselves that they could be a good client to whoever they're working with. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. That's a good, good Sometimes I have good points. But so that went by really quick. I want to thank you for coming oh, on. Three, there we go. I know, right? So Time flies. Fly, I'm fly. saying I would love to have you back on. I think you had a lot of interesting perspectives. I always like to close this off with like the three things that stuck out. One, I think, is I think definitely when it's working with the youth athletes, I know this might seem whatever, but like don't focus, don't, I think you as the coach don't get caught up in eating results right away. Like work on the basics, the movements, like it's okay if they're just doing body weight squats, but you have to track it. So it's like the two things together. I think your mindset of like instilling hard work early on in people is really important for the rest of their life. And then what would you say is like the third biggest takeaway? Kind of builds off that second point that you just said, but there are no shortcuts. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if training, business, life, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, the stress that you have with, from a business standpoint, you know what I mean? Like there are no shortcuts. Like if you want to get, if you want to scale, you want to go to another level, you want to do this stuff, you it's, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be a lot. You're going to work a lot of long hours. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be comfortable, but you know what? Like you said, the journey, it's the journey. And that's, and that's, the, that's the refreshing when you, when you work a month and you don't have a day off, then you finally get that day off, that day off, Matt, that day off feels so much better. You're I high, think. Yeah. You're and right. I think, I think that'd probably be the last thing that I, w- I would kind of leave with. I like that. So if people want to find you, where can they find you? On social media, I guess my handle on everything is my first name, last name. So Joey, J-O-E-Y, Burgles, B-E-R-G-L-E-S. You know, that'd probably be the best way. Let's call you Burgles. Yeah, no, it's all right. Everybody does that. You're good. I got a youth program out that's kind of very, like I said, it's very entry. It's it's designed for individuals that don't have like equipment or it's it's mainly designed for, honestly, parents that are, Mm -hmm. I said, like in the middle of nowhere in Montana or in the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan, Canada. I'm not even sure where that's at. But you know what I mean? Kind of like introducing the bodyweight movements, introducing the plyometrics, introducing the development work for you know younger kids to to help give them that foundation mm-hmm. with my coaching points so it's not just a program but it's like hey how do i how do i do this stuff here's what i'm looking for on a split squat squat whatever it is so i have that available then i've got a newsletter and i've got some other stuff so if you just go on my socials perfect you'll be able to get that information well thank you i look forward to having you on again if anyone wants to find me my instagram is jordan.boxer b-o-k-s-e-r and i want to thank you guys all for listening to another episode of leaders in sport and we will see you next time Thank you again for joining us in Leaders in Sport. I'm your host, Jordan Boxer, and we just want to thank you from everyone at Designs for Sport for giving us your time and attention. We hope to continue to bring you episodes that will help pique your interest and help you elevate your career so we can elevate the industry. Thank you.